Hello, and welcome back to Basic Human Connections, where we're never lost together. I'm your host, Brent, and I can't wait to share some more of the stories that are happening all around us, as well as make this world just a little bit easier for us to deal with as we trudge through the COVID-19 pandemic together. I hope everyone is doing well this week, and I'm so thankful that you've decided to spend some more time with us. This episode is going to be a little bit different than previous, but it sort of took on a life of its own when I initially began recording, and I didn't want to stand in the way. I had a full plan for the show and had a general idea of where it was heading and things seemed to be going well until I received a text message that changed my whole outlook. It told me that I was clearly taking the wrong approach this time around and I needed to step back and rethink things. If I'm being honest, you know, things are going okay, but I wouldn't call them great. I think I recorded over myself saying how good I was doing three times this morning to get the tone believable. I've never had to do that before and was becoming increasingly frustrated about how fake I sounded in my headphones. I try to always strive for the same transparency that I'm requesting from all of you, but it has been hard, and I didn't think it fair to let my insecurities bring everyone else down. Don't get me wrong, it's been extremely rewarding, but also really time-consuming to do this all on my own and still feel like I'm presenting a decent product. This show is the vehicle to carry your stories, and it just wouldn't feel right to give them a wrapper any less than they deserve. But it makes the whole process take longer, and right when I think I've got it all figured out, and it's getting easier. I usually realize that I'm later than I wanted to be for the next episode. That's a laughable thought though, honestly, because there is no schedule. It's just me and nobody even realizes it's late except me, but that's how my mind works and my mind can be crippling at times. I've received some amazing feedback from those that have listened and every note has been wonderful and motivating, but I haven't received the same type of heartfelt stories that I did before. I was frustrated and tired and disappointed, so. I tried my best to fake my voice so none of you realized it. And then as I was mid-sentence at about the five minute mark, I received a text. I only took a short glance to realize who it was and what it was saying. And it brought me to tears and made me realize that everything I'd written for this week's show was completely wrong. It wasn't what mattered and it wasn't what I needed or wanted to say. I'm gonna try to keep this show relatively simple this week. Um, I just want to share this message with all of you, highlight the organizations that I'd found, and read something that I wrote personally when I was trying to figure out what this project was going to look like. Uh, So here's the text message that made me take a step back this morning and gain some perspective. You have asked me how I could contribute to your project. Well, here's all I've got. It's been a little over a month since I was laid off, and that day I was not nearly as frightened by everything that I am today. I feel as if my whole world is spinning and my family is having to travel through the same out of control spiral that I'm stuck in, and none of us even have a choice at this point. I keep thinking of all the what ifs, so I call my family members and friends to try to explain it to them, but they think I'm just being overly paranoid and dramatic. For me though, I have no control over this situation. I'm usually able to find a solution no matter how hard, but this time I feel like I have to completely throw up my arms and just give up. I finally feel defeated and for all I have become since childhood, I feel exceptionally lost. I have a hard time emotionally connecting with loved ones anymore because I'm annoyed with the world and I can't overcome it. 
The fear and anxiety is consuming my life. My job as a mother and a wife is to protect my family. And now I can't even say that I can do that. I don't know if anyone else out there feels this way, but I do know that I feel very alone right now. This letter hit me so hard. Now I don't know if it's because of the timing when it hit, or just the gravity of everything that all of us are dealing with, but more than anything, I think it's that I've seen this person be stronger than I ever thought humanly possible. And she's been the only force to keep me going when I had already thrown in the towel three rounds earlier. But to see her feel so helpless at this point is just completely devastating. She's an incredible mother and wife, and she goes out of her way at every opportunity to make things easier for her family. But there's nothing that can be done this time. If you knew what this person has not just survived throughout her life, but the things she's charged into headfirst, things that probably would have killed me. But she charged through and she made sure that she came out stronger each and every time. You know, one thing that can be said though about people like this is that they don't know how to quit. I have no doubt that she probably feels like she's about to give up and, and that there's nothing more that she could possibly do. But I know her and I know that she maintains incredible strength when it comes to saving her children. And that strength is going to win in the long run. You know, hopefully though, sharing her words will help her realize that she's not all alone in this fight. And this is going to be the nudge that's needed to turn the tide and let her find that comfortable strength she's become so used to over the years. And I was listening to a radio program yesterday and the DJ made a really good point that I'd not really considered before. In fact, it's probably something I'd argued against. But when an airplane's going down and the oxygen masks drop from the ceiling, the rules that you put yours on first. You take a breath, you calm down, and then you put your child's on them. And as a parent, this seems impossible. Your child is all that matters. Who cares about your own oxygen when they need you? But they don't need that panicked version of you. They need you after you've taken a deep breath. They need the cool, calm, and collected version of you that's reassuring them that they have you and that you're all that they're ever going to need. You know, I hope this helps not just the submitter that really saved this week's episode, but I hope it helps all of you. And I know for a fact that this was incredibly hard to share, so I really hope that that effort is not allowed to go wasted. I can definitely tell you that whether it's a few short sentences that you have to send in or, or a novel about your life, I want to hear it. Um, and I think that you deserve to be able to share it. Now I'd like to skip to a little bit happier portion of the show and highlight some people that are going out of their way to help others right now in a time that that's needed more than anything else. Um, you know, one effort that a good friend of mine has undertaken is, is called tippyhero.com. This is a program that was started to set up a safe way to not only help compensate, but also acknowledge some of the individuals on the front lines of this pandemic that often go overlooked. You know, employees of grocery stores and those that are working with waste management are risking their lives day in and day out during this pandemic, and many of them are doing it for minimal pay. I personally have a number of friends that work within grocery stores, and I can tell you they're working long hours, not getting much money, and they get a lot more angry comments than they do smiles for most of their customers right now. You might recall a story we had in last week's episode of a visually handicapped individual that was working in the thick of this, uh, just attempting to clean carts for shoppers and help in her little way. 
she has to withstand their negative comments and nasty attitudes day in and day out simply because someone else took the last roll of toilet paper. These heroes are dealing with all of this while never being able to forget that they could bring this horrible virus home to their families at any given point. You know, none of us could survive without either of these groups, and it's time that we show them that we realize it. The site shows you organizations and stores that are already enrolled, allows you to donate to any that are already on the list, as well as allowing you to nominate any that are not and add them to the program. There is no geographic limitation within the United States, so if your local waste management company or grocery stores are not showing up, you can be the first to add them to the list. Such a simple act could result in an incredible hand up for the quiet heroes that we come to rely on day in and day out. You know, this next one is just a little bit generalized, but it's something I found vitally important and educational in the last few days. I've come across a number of mutual aid groups from around the country on both Facebook and Twitter, and it's very heartwarming as well as sometimes overwhelming. You know, if you need help but don't know who to ask, or want to help but don't know where to offer, or just want to shout out some heroes, let me know. I'd be happy to research groups doing good things anywhere in the country and assist anyone I can in providing or receiving the most appropriate help possible to your specific situation. Also, please share what that situation is. This is our project, and I want all of you to be included, so please send your submissions to tbhcpod at gmail.com. I will be the only person to ever know your name, but you deserve for every person possible to know your voice and hear that story. Please listen, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else that you listen. If it's not in your favorite spot already, let me know so I can make it as convenient as possible for you to start forming some basic human connections with those around you. Also, please join the community on Facebook at Basic Human Connections and let us know about everything you've heard so far and what you think about it. Finally, I'd like to finish up by reading something I wrote a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was April 7th that I wrote it and really more than anything i was trying to figure out what this whole thing was going to look like what this project this podcast it wasn't even a podcast at that point um you know i just was trying to figure out what i was going to do and how i was going to resolve the fear and anxiety and stress that i was feeling so i started by writing the following page to maybe see where just a little bit of creative free writing might take me I'm so glad that it's brought me to you, but I think it's time that I share that transparency I was talking about earlier and and let you hear something that came from my heart. March 7th was supposed to be a glorious day. I was waking up on the banks of the Mississippi River in a gorgeous suite in Quincy, Illinois. I had turned 35 the day before, took my wife to see the St. Louis Arch for the first time, and thankfully managed to not have to travel 630 feet off the ground since she changed her mind at the last second. Now I'm afraid of heights, but I was willing to bite the bullet if she really wanted to. I mean, I'm very afraid of heights in situations that are out of my control. I shake, I feel dizzy, I feel nauseous, and I imagine the worst case scenario nonstop. You know what I wasn't really afraid of on March 6th, though, was COVID-19. I respected it. I knew that it was serious. I knew that everyone around me was joking when they shouldn't be. But I also assumed people would get with the picture relatively fast. 
they would realize the trends overseas were real and serious, and that not every bad thing was an attempt to overthrow Trump. I like to think I'm a smart guy, but I've certainly been wrong plenty of times before. Not like this, though. This time, I was dead wrong. That afternoon, the virus struck my city. I wasn't there, but it was, and I knew I had to go back soon. Suddenly, this horrible thing that made me feel bad for other people a million miles away was invading my home. I knew there was no more time for joking and games, but at the same time, everyone I knew seemed extremely nonchalant. Just drink a Corona, they said. That's the vaccine. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I chuckled. I probably even repeated it in some variation a time or three. But I thought certainly everyone else was being as satirical as me and that we'd all work together in the next couple days, you know? We'd all figure it out. But then I started hearing the murmurs. It's just a hoax. It's just the flu. It's only affecting big cities. I'm going to stay home once I get a fever. Trump said it's improving, so why should I stop going places if they won't shut them down? And on, and on, and on. I turned 35 four weeks ago. Going into March 7th, I had a new outlook. I was leaving the crippling depression behind. I was motivated to excel at work and at home, and I was turning over a new leaf to create a brand new plan for me and my family. But that was four weeks and one day ago. Things were different four weeks and one day ago because that was 5,777 American lifetimes ago. And we were living in an entirely different story. This is a story of the time since then, of the people that weren't listening, and of the people that weren't caring, and of the people that ended up dying. This is my story, but it's not about me. It's our story. I want it to be about our neighbors, our family members, co-workers, our kids, and the strangers that we see on the street. It's about a country that is slowly changing in a rapid way. The emotions reach all ends of the spectrum, as they typically do, but we're taught to keep them tucked away tightly behind a smile and a fake grate when someone asks us how's it going. And the following project will hopefully show the real us, the new us. The US was developed in four short weeks that started 5,777 lifetimes ago. That number is completely inaccurate now. It's not even close. It's also interesting the perspective that I had on April 7th. I thought that was an eye-opening number. 5,777 American lives in four weeks was huge. But it's nothing. I wrote this page two weeks and two days ago. In that two weeks and two days, we've lost 41,973 American lives. That is an eye-opening number. You don't have to agree with staying at home. You don't have to agree with negotiating with terrorists, if that's what you think it is, by trying to bend to the will of this virus a little bit and save some of our population. But if you think that you could stand to walk down a line and tell the families of 41,973 lives that we've lost in the last two and a half weeks that, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorism. You're a stronger person than I am. But I don't think that's strength. It's certainly not a strength I'd ever want to have. I really appreciate you listening in today and I'd really like to know what you thought of the show. 
So once again, please subscribe, listen, rate, and review Basic Human Connections on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. And if your favorite listening app is not on the list, please let me know so I can add it right away. Please submit your stories, leave your feedback, request help, or simply say hi anonymously at tbhcpod at gmail.com. And I hope you'll also join us on Facebook and Twitter at Basic Human Connections to help us grow the community, start making the Basic Human Connections with our neighbors, and make this world just a little bit smaller for all of us. So once again, thanks for being here. And please remember to care about your neighbors, be willing to be wrong, and demand to learn something new every single day. Talking about getting